are listening to the Paranormal Chronicles radio show. Here is your host, paranormal researcher and author of the best-selling A Most Haunted House, Gavin Lee Davis. Welcome, my name is JL Davis, founder of ParanormalChronicles.com and author of the book Critics are Calling, one of the most terrifying books ever written, that is, Haunted horror of haverford west dare you take the challenge read haunted horror of haverford west alone in bed at night tonight is a bigfoot special and our question of the day is are you pro-life bigfoot or would you kill it let us know in the comments emanating from beautiful pembrokeshire west wales the paranormal chronicles podcast series is brought to you by sixth-books.com visit www.sixth-books.com today and explore a world of the paranormal spiritual and the unknown so visit sixth-books.com today remember if this is your first time listening to follow as all our followers are placed in a monthly prize draw to win a paranormal book every month and an amazon voucher every quarter so one lucky follower will be announced at the end of this show who has won a signed copy of the best-selling i've never met a dead person i didn't like by previous guest and superstar sherry dillard bigfoot fans can explore the series archive for our amazing shows on bigfoot with one episode based on a man who claims to live with the creatures explore our archives download listen and follow if you have a theory or experience to share then find and contact the paranormal chronicles on instagram and facebook tweet at paracron or email at paranormalchronicles at aol.com on tonight's show has the truth behind bigfoot's origin been revealed what has the renowned bigfoot documentary maker discovered what has been filmed Is there a connection between Bigfoot, orbs and shapeshifters? Are Bigfoot creatures experimenting and studying us? Plus info on a UK Bigfoot sighting. Our guest is Ron Mayer, an author based in Colorado. He owns Centre Communications, a film and documentary production company and renowned for his work on the documentary Chasing Bigfoot. He's the co-author of the books Aikido in America as well as several novels. He is one of the world's most renowned fossil collectors. His new book The Bigfoot Singularity, available from CosmicEgg-Books.com, is a groundbreaking book that is making waves through the Bigfoot community. You might want to grab yourself a copy now. This is an episode you do not want to miss. So, on with the show. Why have you put so much focus into discovering the origin of Bigfoot that led to the creation of the Bigfoot Singularity book? Well, it all started. I had no interest in Bigfoot for most of my adult life. And then I was hired by a large distribution company to produce a, a series on, on Bigfoot, on the Bigfoot phenomena, which I did. It was It's a quite a successful series, seven-part series. You can It's called Chasing Bigfoot. You can watch it on Amazon Prime or go to Amazon and buy the DVD. And I started out being quite a skeptic because, you know, I'm a reporter as well as a as well as a paranormal investigator, which I've just become recently. I started interviewing these people who had contact experiences. And I'm really good at interviewing people. And I was quite surprised when these people started telling me their stories of their contact experiences, that they were taken back to that experience. And I could tell that they were remembering something rather than making up a story, which led me to believe that something happened. What was it? And a number of them kind of mentioned that it was a profound event in their life. It changed their life in in an extraordinary way. So I continued to go about uh, running around 
talking to various people in the field and experts, and we did a few Bigfoot hunts, which were which were all kind of based on the idea that you're you're looking for this hairy flesh and blood primate that's running around and is elusive and never really nobody's ever really caught one, shot one, found a dead one, or had had any real physical evidence beyond footprints, maybe a hair or two. And but then I came across one one guy who took took us out on a Bigfoot hunt and we got a wood knock. Wood knock is you hit a you hit a tree and you wait for a reply, and maybe the Bigfoot will reply with a return wood knock and a sequence of wood knocks. And we got we got that, and that was that was pretty cool. In the first time around, that was my primary real Bigfoot experience. And then as I was interviewing the person that was leading us on this little foray into the woods, he said he believed Bigfoot were aliens, and that just clicked. It's like, wow, that's an interesting possibility. When I was a kid, I was obsessed with the aliens. I wanted to wanted them to contact me. I was always looking to the sky, and I had a few kind of what what are they called now? Um, unexplained aerial phenomena. The idea that Bigfoot could possibly be of alien origin just fascinated me. That was sort of the impetus to write the book that the Bigfoot Singularity. What was it that cemented your belief in this enigmatic creature? Have you seen something or was it something that the witness said that has made you so sure that this creature exists? You know, I'm a filmmaker. Obviously, since I made that series, I decided, well, why why don't I just go at it real hard and do see if I could do a feature film, which I am doing, which is called The Bigfoot Alien Connection Revealed, and go about and see that this whole other community of Bigfoot researchers that have gone over from the flesh and blood community to the paranormal Bigfoot community. And it's quite large. And I was very surprised that there is such a such a large number of people that have shifted in that direction. And when you ask them about it, they're, they're usually pretty manly men and manly yeah. and tough women who've gone in the field, you know, either as hunters or, you know, they're not wimps. They're people that are out there in the wilderness and in the woods, and they have this experience which indicates to them that it's something other than some sort of flesh and blood ape. And they've been forming together and creating organizations and trying to figure out what, what in the heck is this about. So and, and so people started collecting the reports and seeing if there's something in the reports that can show up as a pattern. And one of the patterns that people came up with is that these Bigfoot, if they are alien and perhaps other paranormal phenomena they have to be smarter than us by definition yeah if they're contacting us which i think they are they will appear to people with little little teaser events they're they're checking out my reaction your reaction anybody's reaction what happens if they some little thing happens like you left a piece of clothing in a hotel and suddenly appears it appears in your bedroom and you can't explain it. Or you hear a sound in the woods, it's like nothing else you've ever heard before. In my case, I, I really had no paranormal experiences until quite recently. I was driving to a place where Ron Moorhead, who recorded the Sierra Sounds, are you familiar with the Sierra Sounds? This is sort of an outdoors woodsman guy who liked camping in the Sierra Mountains in California, way up in the, in the upper elevations. And he started recording these incredible sounds. And you can you can buy them on DVD or download them. He's pretty pretty liberal in letting you use them. And they're quite remarkable. I should have had some here to play. And he's circulated these among quite a few people, including people who analyze sounds. And they think there's a 
there's a language there. And he wrote a book called, and that got him going. He's one of the founding fathers of Paranormal Bigfoot. And he's been doing a lot of research. And he ties their extraordinary capabilities into quantum physics. And he wrote a book called Quantum Bigfoot. So he was doing a book signing up in the Northwest, Pacific Northwest. And he said, I could get a couple women who've had you know cool experiences, interview them for the movie. So he said, come on up and uh, you can interview them and uh, we'll chat. On my way, I'm driving along this fairly busy highway. All of a sudden, this wolf, white wolf, large size of a small horse, appears across the road. In my mind, it was, it was like, wow, what is that? And it had a fluidity and a movement and a turn. It went back down the road and sort of morphed into kind of a human figure and disappeared. When I got to the venue where Moorhead was doing his book signing, there were a lot of similar type. It was a good gathering of the paranormal community there. And they said, have you ever had any experience? And I said, no, no, not until an hour ago. And they all got quite excited. And when I described it, each of them got our hair standing up. And they had just been talking. This was at a, a casino run by a native tribe in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. And they had just been talking about seeing the same creature. Eventually, as I'm about to leave, the receptionist at the at the casino hotel came up to me, and she's Navajo, and she said, "You you saw a skinwalker." Oh, wow! But but I talked to somebody else about this. Uh, Tom Powell, who's um, another founding father of the paranormal Bigfoot. It's a contact experience for you, for me especially, designed to let me know that whatever is out there is happy with what I'm doing. They're letting me know that this is all right. They like it. They're approving. So, so let, me, let me just give you two other, two other kind of significant interviews I did. One with Bobo. Are you familiar with Finding Bigfoot, that highly successful Animal Planet series? I am indeed, yes. So you know who Bobo is, right? One of the three co-hosts? Yes. I, I ran into him and I said, well, can I do an interview for this, this feature I'm doing? And he said, oh, okay, that'd be fine. And then I explained to him that we were... For the for the movie, anyhow, we're looking at Bigfoot as a, a paranormal, interdimensional creature. And I said, well, I know the series doesn't hasn't taken that point of view. And he said, yeah, yeah, that was by by choice. Producers did not want to show anything paranormal with regard to Bigfoot, and they never wanted to find Bigfoot because that would be the end of the series. Yeah. I said, well, can you would you be willing to describe you know a paranormal experience that you saw film? But we're not allowed to show. And he said, sure, I'll do that. And he described the situation where he saw and the whole crew witnessed and filmed something holding an orb. You know what an orb is? It's sort of a light spirit sort of thing, right? Yes. And it was walking along the edge. You could hear the crunching as if a Bigfoot were carrying an orb walking along the edge of this this tree line. He said, how's that? <laughs> and, he said, and then he told me that he's had multiple experiences where Bigfoot is... They, they have this ability to kind of scramble your brain if they want to. And he, he said he had multiple experiences where that happened in at least three occasions with MindSpeak, where at one time one of them said to him, if he wanted to take a picture, and he said, in his mind, the MindSpeak was, if you turn around and take a picture, I'll kill you. So if, if I could just interject one, one question very quickly there. Is it conceivable then that more people are seeing Bigfoot, but it has the ability to control our thoughts? So it's almost like hypnosis that we people are seeing more Bigfoot than they realize, but it is deleting that memory from their minds. The theory is, and I kind of agree with this, is that if they're going to have contact, it's 
it's it's clear they want to have contact with you. They're they're trying to habituate you to to their presence. And if and if you're and if you're good with their presence, they'll give you more and give you more and give you more. And it turns out to be kind of a an awakening process, you know, like the old meditation masters, you know, leading you down a path of higher realization. That's my that's the theory I sort of like right now. Can I give you one more example that was quite interesting? Please, by all means. The, the series that got all this this going was a series called Monster Quest. Uh, it was on our History Channel. It was the first time people ran out in the woods and looked for you know monsters and weird. I was going to say shit. Is that okay? Weird stuff. You can say shit. It's your interview. Uh, it's uh, it began this whole genre of of series and movies where people, real people, go out and try and try and find the answers to some mystery and in the out of doors or wherever it is. And the producer was uh, Doug Hychek. And I interviewed him for the first series. And I thought he was a real flesh and blood guy. He, he described how he's analyzing hairs and got his own little lab set up and, uh, and had experiences that would all indicate that they were flesh and blood. And then recently I talked to him and, and I said, well, I'm doing this series paranormal. I said, I know that's not your, your point of view. He said, oh, no, no, it is, for sure. So let me give you one example. Uh, not too long ago, I came home and there were all these orbs floating around my house, you know, as if, you know, orbs floating around was something quite normal for him. So I have the paranormal experiences all the time. So my girlfriend and I, we pulled out our cameras, tried to, sh took, started taking pictures, and all of a sudden both our cameras were dead. Dead as a brick, he said. But he was able to go to the hard drive and get pictures of these orbs. So a lot of these people that are normal flesh and blood type Bigfooters are actually have had, and they all say if you're out there long enough, and since they're in a the mindset, they're, they're going to have these paranormal experiences. So th this has been a big impetus to um, yeah to expanding on my knowledge of you know paranormal Bigfoot that solidifies yeah this is this is probably the way it is. Absolutely fascinating. So all this information you've collated with your new book bigfoot singularity you've come up with some theories on the bigfoot origin and that they are paranormal alien beings can you explain more about this theory and how you concluded this the, the obvious thing is that they have paranormal capabilities in turn in terms of the reports that they, they appear to be able to cloak for example when i was talking when when bobo was describing that bigfoot moving along holding an orb that bigfoot was cloaked and the explanation is right now the government is working on creating cloaking. It's a matter of manipulating the EM band, you know, that we normally see and somehow changing it so that you can't see what it is that is actually out there. So cloaking is, is you know, I think Tesla came up with some some idea about cloaking. So so cloaking is one of their their capabilities. They have this ability of, of messing with your brain. And some people think that's infrasound that kind of scrambles your brain briefly. They, they probably the most remarkable thing they do, they seem to be able to, to interdimensionally jump. One, one person described that you, the Bigfoot kind of merged with a tree and there was a pop and they were gone or they just reemerged. And almost all the tracks, and there are zillions of tracks been found, they're all quite short. They show up for three or four steps and then are gone. I had my own experience on the land that I, some land I own in the Rocky Mountains where I'm following these tracks. And all of a sudden, they lead to one spot, and then they're gone. This was in the snow. 
that's 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 probably the most common evidential experience that people can point to. Trackways are always short-lived, two or three footprints. And that would explain how we can't find the evidence for them. Because say, for example, one of them died, then one of its neighbors, whatever you want to call them, one of the other species would then take the body and move it to who knows where. Where do you think they, they travel to interdimensionally? Is it like a short thing where they go to like the other side of the woods? Or do you think they go somewhere incredible, somewhere totally different off planet? I think both are possible. I think they can geographically jump for, for short distances and that they can they can go to some other, you know, you heard about pocket universes. I'm not real big in this understanding this, but the possibility they just slip out of our dimension. Let's say they, there's one more dimension and they could they could go there. Some people speak that way. So in, in, in the Bigfoot singularity, what I surmised was that, that they live in these clans and they seem to... And maybe there's, if you add up the reports, maybe there's like 3,000 of them distributed across the planet. And they've been living here for a long time, evolving. You know, everything changes and evolves. Even even Brits like you that live in Wales probably evolve a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they've been growing, learning, doing their own thing. They probably, they have the capability of, of producing an incredible range of vocalizations. And some people report that they can mimic pretty much any human voice they want at any time they want. So if all of a sudden you hear your your dear one speaking to you in the woods, it's probably a Bigfoot messing with you or experimenting with you or observing you to see how you react. So my idea was that, that these Bigfoot have been here for a long time, probably were put here by some alien force and put them in a basic shape of, of a kind of a hairy, early hominid, maybe gigantic, but the giant uh, ape. And and they've been growing, learning, get, gaining new powers, capabilities. And in the book hypothesizes the time had come to, to pool all their knowledge and create a new a new model Bigfoot. And the, the thriller aspect of the, the book is, are they going to be able to succeed? And there are there are different sides to the to the, the thriller. There are people who who want to stop it and wipe out the Bigfoot. There's other forces that want to capitalize on their technology, which is probably the most cons- conspiratorial aspect of, of the alien scene, that there are governments, for example, governments all collect their own data on, on alien technology or alien encounters, and they don't share with each other. I got that from Nick Pope, who's in charge of your Project Blue Book. Yeah. I don't know if you heard of Nick Pope. Most definitely. A big fan of his work when he emerged in the 90s as the UK's answer to Fox Mulder and started saying about all his work he'd done in Whitehall with the Ministry of Defence. It just blew our mind. And he's very prolific here in the UK. And I hope one day to have him on this very show. He's a, he's a, he's a wonderful gentleman. And then, and then there's a third group that, that wants him to succeed in this new evolutionary step, which is which I call the Bigfoot singularity, where the way they reproduce, at least I hypothesize in the, in the novel, is through a form of 3D printing in which the, they, they move into one of their vortexes or portals. They create a, a newer, updated version of themselves, which is sort of like what computers do. And they, they can, it starts out as, a, as a, a young Bigfoot, which a lot of people have seen, and they grow and develop new skills that incorporate all the old skills of the previous self, and then that self passes away, 
And so it's a very limited, so their numbers never grow. And if, if one of these lines is disrupted, then it's it's kind of the end of that line. So the numbers have been diminishing for probably 12, 15,000 years, although they got amazingly smarter. And so for whatever reason, these Bigfoot have decided to to pool all their knowledge from multiple clans from around the world and create a new version of themselves, which will incorporate all sorts of new capabilities. And they're doing this in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, which is one of the darkest, forested, uninhabited regions with a lot of Bigfoot stories, plus a, a nice Native American casino that have a history of, of contact with Bigfoot and legends and their stories of their, of their Bigfoot encounters and their role. So it's a good setting for the for the novel. The third side is the people that are have become supportive of helping this transition take place. And so it's a race, you know, it's a page turner to see who's going to succeed and what happens if they do succeed. Even though this is based in a fictional setting, this could be a very real possibility towards the origin of the real Bigfoot. That was the idea. We will be right back after these important messages. I've Never Met a Dead Person I Didn't Like is the extraordinary travels of a young, alone, and broke psychic in the highly anticipated new book from internationally renowned psychic, medium, medical intuitive, and best-selling author Sherry Dillard. Critics have described I've Never Met a Dead Person I Didn't Like as an engrossing memoir, an empowering story of how a broken girl came to accept her psychic gift, a refreshing and fun read, I've Never Met a Dead Person I Didn't Like is available through Amazon, Kindle, Barnes & Noble, and wherever books are sold. How far would you go to protect the children in your care? Nyla's Babies is the terrifying, chilling book from Jack Simonson, in which a young nanny battles an ancient demon for the souls of the twin babies in her care. Critics have heralded Nyla's Babies as an impressive and vivid imagined story, compelling and devilishly spooky, shocking and haunting. Nyla's Babies is available on Amazon, Kindle or wherever books are sold. Visit CosmicEgg-Books.com for more on Nyla's Babies. Sixth Books will take you to other worlds, haunt you, open your mind and push you far beyond the veil of the unknown. Sixth Books is a leading publisher of books on the body, mind and spirit, the paranormal, consciousness, ancient wisdom and the afterlife. Explore today, learn today, open your mind today, read today. Visit sixth-books.com today. The world as you know it is about to change. Do you wish for more paranormal and spiritual content? The Paranormal Chronicles magazine is a free digital magazine crammed with the very best in paranormal and spiritual articles and features. No sign-up, no subscription, just free reading and knowledge for you. Read today at www.theparanormalchronicles.com forward slash magazine. Hi there, my name is Claire Waters and I would like to invite you on an incredible journey. I have written a book based on my personal experiences called Raising Faith a true story of raising a child psychic medium. It's my family's extraordinary experiences with our young daughter's ability to communicate with spirits and the inspirational lessons learned on our journey. Raising Faith is currently available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Kindle and wherever books are sold. 
Join me on this beautiful and incredible adventure. For more information on Raising Faith, visit my website, raisingfaith.co.uk, or my Facebook page, Raising Faith Book. See you there. The International Chart Topping Haunted Horror of Haverford West has been described as terrifyingly real, a must-read, shocking and chilling brilliance, genuinely worrying, utterly frightening. Don't read before bed. Described as one of the spookiest writers out there, best-selling author G.L. Davies presents Haunted Horror of Haverford West. The true paranormal account that is shocking the world. Dare you enter? Dare you read? Haunted Horror of Haverford West is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Kindle, and wherever books are sold. Pray you never have to live there. People are going to read the Bigfoot singularity and they're going to get the sense of this could be real. This could be the new avenue of research that we go down. And it's very conceivable that there are people out there that want to exploit Bigfoot, pro-life, that want to protect Bigfoot. And there's people who want to kill Bigfoot because they feel threatened, because they don't understand it. Because if we were to take examples of the Mount St. Helens volcano, there are witnesses that say that they saw army helicopters removing huge bodies eight, nine foot big carcasses in cargo nets off the volcanic site. That ties in wonderfully with this premise that these creatures, if they do exist, and there's a lot of evidence to support whether it's a paranormal creature, whether it's an alien creature, whether it's a spiritual creature, or just a, a normal creature, just a normal animal, that there is huge wealth in capturing one and harvesting it and experimenting. And that will upset a lot of people listening. Pro-life people, they don't want to think of these, these creatures being experimented on and exploited. But that's what we would do as people. So I believe that the Bigfoot Singularity, your new book, it holds more truth than people could ever imagine. And, and I suspect that they're a lot smarter than us, that it's probably like us experimenting with rhesus monkeys. In a way, this is sort of a cautionary tale, the book itself. There's a parallel development with an artificial computer-based, digital-based artificial intelligence, which is also learning and developing. And as you know, there's a lot of talk about general artificial intelligence. That There's another kind of singularity where at some point they will surpass us in our abilities, especially our intellectual abilities. And what is that going to mean for us? How, how is that going to play out? There's a bit of that running in the book, too. One of the ideas is that there seems to be a, a drive to bring these two non-human intelligences together that they have. They might share some benefit if they could merge in some way, which is part of the what the goal of the, the singularity is at the end of the book. That would be a very dangerous world for us because we could end up playing second or even third fiddle on our own planet to an alien paranormal creature and artificial intelligence. That's a scary world to be in. So, so Dulce in, in New Mexico is, is probably one of the most earliest and most famous places where Bigfoot and alien, alien ships and, you know, the gray, the, those little creatures that have big eyes and so on, were all sort of seen together the other places in Pennsylvania. And, and they all kind of happened around the same time after, right after the 1950s, you know, when we started exploding atomic bombs and change yeah. our position in the universe. Anyhow, people think that's a trigger for a lot of stuff that's been happening. And so we went, it's on a reservation, an Apache reservation, and everybody there has stories of encounters with orbs, aliens, 
and Bigfoot. Being Native Americans, they're, they're reluctant to go on camera and talk, but we were able to find uh, a father-son team who live on the reservation and gave us permission and became our guides to, to explore the area. Their goal in life is to somehow have that direct experience, visual experience of, of, a, of a Bigfoot. And they're really driven to do that. And the, the former police officer on the reservation described this one situation where one night he stopped this, this large van that had military personnel that were dressed to the hilt. In the back was a cage with something in it. Ooh. He said, I've never told anybody even this part of the story, but I'm not going to tell you what was in the cage. And so they said, don't tell anybody, just let us go which he did, and they moved on. So when the heck was in that cage, how they got him so interested. Do you think the United States government and military know more about Bigfoot than they're letting on? Oh, absolutely. I did the last interview with, with Stanton Friedman. You know who he is? Yes, sadly passed away recently. Yeah, yeah we did the last on-camera interview with him, and he's absolutely convinced that they're keeping it secret. His statement about Bigfoot was, I, I think they're doing the heavy lifting for uh, Something else that's alien. You've written a couple of articles for the Paranormal Chronicles digital magazine, which is free for anyone out there to go and read. You wrote the first ever article for the magazine, and it was absolutely superb. And it was that there's creatures on this planet, and that you wrote that Bigfoot, including some other animals, possibly could be like probes, but they're probes for a higher, more advanced species, and are like data collectors. There are certain leaps in the evolutionary record. You know, I'm a fossil collector from way back. I've always been interested in, in evolution primarily because I think everything's always learning and changing. There's, there's too much of holding everything static in some way. For example, that the Bigfoot wouldn't be changing and adapting as, as they interact with us. I implore people to go and find that article at www.theparanormalchronicles forward slash magazine it's absolutely superb and not only has ronald got an article in issue one of the paranormal chronicles magazine he's also heavily featured in issue four so if you're really into this bigfoot stuff into the theories into the concepts into the experiences go and read it now it's absolutely superb and then read bigfoot singularity because i think if you are a bigfoot enthusiast you're going to want to cover all the bases on the theory of what is Bigfoot. And this book is going to feed your mind. It's going to give you so much information that you will probably never really look at the Bigfoot enigma the same way again. Just moving on a little bit, other than your Bigfoot research, have you ever had any other paranormal experiences? You know, I really haven't. And I don't know if that's because I haven't been open, but the door has been opened up now. So the last thing I did for filming was a couple of weeks ago, I went up to this, this well-known paranormal hotspot is called the Montana Vortex. This gentleman has this house of mystery where there are these weird gravitational effects where you can lean backwards and not fall over. He sees orbs there quite commonly every night or during the day. And he has a resident Bigfoot that he kind of grown up with and is in constant contact with. He says the Bigfoot's not there all the time, but he sort of developed a relationship with him. And if you see him, he's He's a pretty burly, normal kind of guy. You'd never think him in the in the world of woo. So anyhow, we went up there to film that. And we went out at night and we shot some pictures and we were surrounded by orbs. I could send them to you. But I didn't feel anything in particular. Felt very calm and relaxed there. At one point, I said, well, let's, you, can you talk about uh, about the your Bigfoot experience and where, you see, where you've seen him? And he actually thinks he's got some video of the Bigfoot that showed up. He asked the Bigfoot to, 
to show up if, if the Bigfoot wanted to, because maybe it's time for more people to know their true nature, that they're, they're moving in that direction. They want to be known that they're here and that they're alien. So I'm filming him when he's talking and he's describing and he says, he's in this house of mystery. And he's saying, well, the Bigfoot likes to come here. Sometimes I hear him lumbering around. This is why I caught him on camera. And as he's describing this, I'm filming and I bring, bring back the file and look at it. And as he said, he likes being here. Out of the bottom of the frame comes this white object that hangs around for, I'm looking at a low res image, that hangs around for three seconds and then disappears. So I ran into the studio and said, let's look at it for real in HD. And it turns out it's a brilliant white, kind of like the white of the wolf type creature I saw, illuminated. That's like a little moth fairy type thing. It's as clear as day. And there's no explanation. You know, I got a couple of people in that's, that are good at figuring out hoaxes. And there's no way, there's no source of light to make it the brightest object in the scene. And it doesn't seem like anybody else. There's three other people that actually see it. That's one of the things that I've been told is that sometimes you can catch things on camera that you don't see. So in some sense, that might be one of the cases here. And it's, it's almost like a sense, like it had a sense of humor. The Bigfoot saying, well, I'll show you. I'll show you. I'm usually like this big seven foot red hairy type creature, but I can also be this little little tiny, <laughs> tiny little fairy like creature. You know, I have this capability to to shape shift and blow your minds. And and you know, I want you to know I have a sense of humor, and having a sense of humor is indication of intelligence, right? Yeah, personality. Yeah, exactly. So it's an incredible concept that Bigfoot can shapeshift from it could be like the white wolf or this orb or this fairy-like creature and that it's not confined to just one form which makes me think that it's more of a an energy you know that it takes different guises and forms to suit the environment could i be right with that that's that's one of the major theories emerging right now in that all these paranormal things that you just described in some way as uh, Tom Powell said, it's sort of like the smorgasbord of the paranormal. You got to study them all together. The problem is that everybody's been studying them separately. And so there are connections and patterns that aren't detectable until we bring this all together. Although he thinks, you know, the government certainly has done this. Can I ask as well, is there much resistance to this theory? Is there different camps within the Bigfoot community that are adversely against this kind of theory? There's the flesh and blood community, which was the original community. And it's still strong. Um, I mentioned Bobo, one of the co-hosts of Finding Bigfoot. Well, the other co-host, Cliff Barackman, is probably the strongest supporter of the Flesh and Blood camp, leader of it in some ways, backed by Jeff Maldrum, who's a, a professor at the University of Idaho, I believe. And, and sometimes they clash over, you know, evidence like the, um, the London Trackway, which was either the greatest collection of Bigfoot prints or the greatest hoax of Bigfoot prints. So these two camps clash quite interestingly over are they real or are they a hoax? And, and they haven't proved it one way or another. I mean, they're gone now, but every, every footprint of about, I think there was close to 100 of them were cast and photographed and walked out on this wet kind of muddy area of a retreating reservoir and then walked back. And it was quite the sensation for a while. Would have been, it would have been an incredible hoax to have somebody somehow or another create these footprints one could only imagine so the, the idea is that any any of these contexts that has anybody has is not without a purpose to do something to explore something they're all intelligent driven 
They're not random. So have you had any kind of experience, my man? No, not not of Bigfoot. We do have Bigfoot in the UK. People think that it's it, it's not, but there are. I can't go into too much detail, but he'll be listening. He knows who he is. A friend of mine was in the British military and he was out on training on manoeuvres at a Ministry of Defence base or area that they use for, for training. And they're on night manoeuvres and his role was very simple. They were given a wooded area and they needed to guard it. That's all it was. It was a supply line. They weren't to engage. They weren't to, in, to a, a retreat. They were to hold that position in the scheme of this war games and in this tactical exercise. So he said it was boring. He said they'd been there for a couple of days. They were this one night and he got up to use the toilet which would, I'd imagine, be a tree or a trench or whatever. And he said he saw something. And he thought it was part of the war games, that it was this man or a, a recon or a sniper, whatever whatever it would have been in that scenario. And he said this thing was about eight foot. And he said he's been in Afghanistan, he's he's been in Germany, he's been all over the world. And he said this thing scared him. He's seen combat, been wounded in combat. And he said this thing scared him because it was so big. And he didn't know much about this. He didn't know much about Bigfoot or the paranormal. He's a very kind of rational kind of guy. And he always believed that Bigfoot was the Yowie or it was in Russia or it was the Sasquatch. He didn't think it was in Britain. But whatever it was, he put enough fear into him. But he actually spent about three or four months researching and contacting zoos and animal enclosures to find out if a gorilla had escaped because he is convinced what he saw was an, a seven and a half to eight foot ape wandering the woods in this area which is only used for military tactical war games and to this day he was like i i think i saw a bigfoot in the uk and reported on the paranormalchronicles.com a man was on a train on a busy commuter train and it was a zooming past some fields on the outside of bristol and he said he saw this seven to eight foot ape like creature walking along the hedge line and it was taller than the hedge because the train was whizzing past and the train was so busy, he never got the opportunity to take a picture. But he did travel back and forth on that line with his camera waiting, just hoping one day he would find a Bigfoot. So I've not had my own personal experience in that field. I have had many paranormal experiences. But I think that Bigfoot is universal to every culture, which leads perfectly to my next question. And that is, why do you think Bigfoot-like creatures have captured the world's imagination. What is it about them that compels us so much? Well, one, you know, one thought is that it's part of our subconscious, uh, some sort of superior form of ourselves, right? That's our real source or base or something like that. You know, the, the archetypical, wild, intelligent being that's us at our core, that's one idea. But the other is that this is a plan that they're executing. They're gradually habituating us to the realization that we're not alone in the universe. We're not we're not the prime movers in the universe. That's my idea. So right now I think, you know, your friend is being kind of touched and perhaps beginning the process of habituation in which more revelations will come to him and maybe they'll come to you now that you that you're part of this preferred system here that's that's emerging. Well there was a little bit of a follow up that actually cements your theory quite well. He contacted me because he woke up one morning. He's an avid gamer. He loves playing video games. And he plays late into the night. It was kind of about four, half four, five o'clock in the morning on a summer. And he lives in Swansea, uh, which is a, a city in Wales, place I used to live. He was going up the stairs to bed and he looked out the window and it was in the summer. And he said there was this huge thing hanging in the sky. 
So guess what he did? He took a picture. So he sent me the picture and he's like, what do you think this is? And I was like, I don't know. Knowing the area, we were able to put it into context where it was, the kind of size of it, et cetera, et cetera. We had some depth. I was able to show it to some photography people and they were like, it's not a fly. It's nothing on the lens or, or, or something on the window, like some dirt. Yeah. This is there. The local newspaper picked up on the article. They made a big fuss, you know, war hero captures UFO. And really oddly, the evidence that came back to us was that it was an air balloon being blown up on a up in the sky. It was like being pumped up in the sky. And I said, that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. You pump the air balloon up on the ground. You know, these blimps, you know, you get them at baseball games and sporting events and all. And it, they they. They said it was being pumped in the sky to promote a sale that was happening on a, a retail, a mall, shopping mall, as you'd say in America. And I said, that's the biggest load of hokum I've ever heard. I said, you blow it up on the ground and then it would go up. We never got an explanation. I put the story out there and I had about seven or eight reports from people seeing these bright lights and strange mechanical objects in the sky. So you're right. The research you've done for Bigfoot Singularity and the theories that you were presenting is actually true because this gentleman, who, as far as I'm concerned, is, is a good guy. You know, he, he doesn't claim to have any gifts or abilities. He saw something weird on maneuvers. And then X amount of years later, he sees a very, very prolific UFO. And if you anybody wants to see the picture, go to www.theparanormalchronicles.com. And I believe if you put in a search engine war hero or Swansea UFO, it'll pop up and have a look at it and make up your own mind. But one thing that isn't, it is not a blimp being blown up midair. So if anybody's got a fear in what it is, get in touch with us and anybody out there listening. If you've had a number of these events where you've seen Bigfoot like creatures, orbs, UFOs, and you think there's a pattern, get in touch with Ronald, get in touch with him as soon as you can, because all of that is evidence for him. You know, all of that is cementing his theories, his ideas. That these things are highly personalized for each individual. They're they're trying to habituate certain people to their presence. And they have to do that gradually. I mean, can you imagine if you're out in the field and all of a sudden a giant spaceship with little green men walked out? I mean, that would blow your mind, right? So, so you got to get a little taste of this, a little taste of that. And gradually, the people who have multiple paranormal experiences, it, it all happened through. We, we went to a place where an, an ordinary guy who was a construction worker bought a piece of property to live near his, his, his grandkids. And he started having paranormal experiences. And they're little ones. And eventually... His wife and him were quite familiar with knockings and all sorts of strange stuff. And they would say, please, you're driving me crazy. Stop that. They were not scared. They were they were totally habituated to the paranormal. And so many things showed up. So my advice to people is be open. Whatever it will be, it'll, it'll be unexpected. It won't be what you think it will be. And then you'll get more and more. I hope so, because the world that we live in, you know, I don't want to take us on a different angle, but we're kind of very much on the we're on the abyss of some very dark times ahead with environmental issues. And you can go on for on and on with political issues and economic and whatnot. We need something. Everybody listening right now is looking for something. Nobody is listening to this by accident thinking, oh, I'm just going to listen to the show about Bigfoot. They're listening because we need more. And not only do we need more, we need to, our lives have more meaning. And not only do we have to have lives have more meaning i think we need help and i think that's a very serious thing to say that we need help and whether it's aliens or spiritual or dimensional whatever we need help and i think a lot of people get that and that's why we're fixated with the afterlife 
with aliens, with Bigfoot, with creatures, with theories, with myths and legends. It's because deep down we know if we're alone in this universe on this spinning blue ball, then we're in a lot of trouble. And we need as much help as we can, whether it's in the form of a lesson, in the form of knowledge or in the form of direct help. We need help as a human race. Amen. You've also made documentaries on serial killers. Is this true? Oh, yeah, I guess I'll have to admit it. Well, you know, I get hired to do these things sometimes, Kevin. They become compelling once I get into them. But I, I had done a series earlier, 10 years ago, when before the true crime explosion occurred. And lo- very little was known about serial killers at the time. And turns out that what, what they thought they knew was, was quite wrong. The, the biggest takeaway was that back then they thought they were all like Ted Bundy, white men, largely an American phenomena, very smart, maybe around 30 years old. They, there was this strong sexual component, either homosexual or straight. Ten years later, they, thought, they also thought they were close to kind of pinning down some sort of causative factor that could be identified and maybe dealt with. Well, that was wrong. There, there are no lines of discrimination for serial killers. When I did the original series, there were only one black well-known serial killer in our country and one, one Hispanic. And now we know that the black and the Hispanics kill as many, are there as many serial killers as that. And women are probably the worst of all. They're more successful and have higher body counts. They're not all smart. Some are really stupid. <laughs> uh, there are actually sometimes grandparents who turn to serial killers after retiring from their job. They work in couples, they work in families, and and they're universal. They're all over the world. Even you Brits have a lot of them. Oh, yeah, definitely. It was interesting to reveal all this and that there's no one thing you can point to that that would say this person's going to be a serial killer, although they all seem to be quite psychopathic, like our president. Bigfoot Singularity. That's coming out October the 25th here in the UK. It's going to be a huge book. It's going to be massive. I know now from from the buzz, the hype already surrounding the book, the Bigfoot community are talking about this. People are contacting me about it. So with Bigfoot Singularity around the corner, what is next from you? What can we expect from you? We're writing a follow-up called The Bigfoot Revelation. Excellent. Everybody go out there, read Bigfoot Singularity, absorb the knowledge, the concepts, the ideas, really get into this, especially if you're a Bigfoot enthusiast, because then you'll have all sides of the argument. Or if you're interested in the paranormal in general, because I think it's all one thing. Interestingly, when I was doing the the original series, Chasing Bigfoot, my daughter, who who's very much into the paranormal, met a Bigfoot researcher and they fell in love and, and, and got married. And he's he's been part of the Bigfoot community and I've turned him from a flesh and blood to a paranormal guy. He's a member of the BFRO, you know, the Bigfoot researcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's the co-producer on the movie that I'm doing. Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Kindle, e-reader. E-reader is free to download. So then you can just go and buy a copy of Bigfoot Singularity. Bigfoot fans are going to love this. As Ronald has said, it's not just about Bigfoot. It's about the paranormal. Even if you're a skeptic, this could answer a lot of questions. Maybe you'll disagree. Maybe you think, I think this isn't right. Read Bigfoot Singularity. You're going to love it. So, Ronald, I'm so grateful for your immensely precious time. I know you're a busy man. You're a filmmaker. You're an author. You're a documentarian. You're a fossil collector. You study serial killers and Bigfoot. Could you leave our listeners with a final thought? Open your mind and something will find you. 
that is absolutely wonderful guys open your mind and something will find you ronald i wish you the very best of luck with bigfoot singularity and thank you so very much for your precious time thank you thank you gavin you're a good kindred spirit there you have it what do you think is bigfoot a paranormal being an alien just a physical creature just a myth ron mayer is a remarkable man a man on a mission searching for answers his new book, Bigfoot Singularity, explores a new avenue of research. Pick up your copy of Bigfoot Singularity from all good bookstores on Amazon, Kindle, e-readers, Barnes & Noble, or visit www.cosmicegg-books.com. I asked at the beginning of the show, are you pro-life Bigfoot or do you shoot to kill? Let us know. Ron Mayer has written two amazing articles on his Bigfoot Singularity research for the Paranormal Chronicles digital magazine. It's free. The magazine is free. No sign-up, no subscription, just four amazing issues for you to enjoy. It's a magazine for the paranormal connoisseur. So visit www.theparanormalchronicles.com forward slash magazine for hundreds of free pages of amazing paranormal articles and content. So that is www.theparanormalchronicles.com forward slash magazine. If you haven't followed, then press follow now, as next month it could be your name I'm reading out in our prize draw to win a book in our monthly followers giveaway. The winner of September's book giveaway, which is a copy of the best-selling I've Never Met a Dead Person I Didn't Like by Sherry Dillard, is Jesse. Congratulations, Jesse. Message us ASAP so we can get your book sent to you. Congratulations. Thank you to everyone that follows and supports. Remember, we still have more monthly book giveaways and our quarterly Amazon gift voucher giveaway. So press follow now. Download our archive and share the series or episode to your friends. Your support means so much to us. Let me leave you with this. Ron got me thinking a lot with his research in Bigfoot Singularity. This may be unpopular, but I think the world would benefit if we were sharing it with something extraordinary, something magical. Sooner or later, something has to give on our beautiful little blue planet, and it's going to be rough for all of us. Maybe soon, something amazing will happen. We'll be given the help and guidance to take our next step as a race of people. We are capable of so much greatness. We may just need a little help to fulfill our destiny. Maybe the Bigfoot creatures are watching and waiting for a time they feel we are ready. Thank you for listening. I am G.L. Davis. Sleep well.